Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. Hold that follow through. He posed. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. Welcome in, and what the Pell is up, everybody. This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host. Elliot Clough at Elliot Clough on Twitter. And by now, you know what to do. Make sure you subscribe and or follow, depending on where you are listening to the podcast. And you leave that rate and review. It is very, very much appreciated. Since I had mentioned that my friend, my high-profile podcast friend, had mentioned that we need about 100 rates and reviews as quick as possible on Apple Podcasts. That was last week. We've had 15 in the last week uh, of the, the rates and the reviews. And we can use some more and more of those coming because we are getting close to 50 over there. So the more you do that, that's really, really going to help us out. Get us a little more exposure. Get more Pelicans people to start listening to the podcast. And that way we're going to get better content for you, the listener. So... For today's show, we are once again talking about the assistant coach situation. Are there some developments? Yeah, no no real blockbusters other than the fact that Ime Yudoka is unfortunately off the board. The former San Antonio Spurs and Philadelphia 76ers assistant coach is headed to Brooklyn, of all places, believe it or not. Yudoka and Mike D'Antoni and Amari Stoudemire are all going to be a part of the star-studded coaching staff in Brooklyn, along with Jacques Vaughn and Steve Nash. So with that said, if you listened to the podcast last week about potential assistance and, and what they'd bring to the table, you know I'm still on board with Charles Lee, Wes Unseld, and most importantly, Will Weaver from the NBL also used to be a part of the staff in Brooklyn, was the head coach of their Long Long Island, Long Island, there we go, I think it's Long Island G League affiliate. Now, this, it sucks, Yudoka's going to be a head coach one way or another, this is probably going to be the better opportunity for him to really grow, I mean he was going to be under Steve Nash, he's going to coach Kevin Durant, he's going to coach Kyrie Irving, and he's coached stars, he's coached LaMarcus Aldridge, he coached Kawhi Leonard, he coached DeMar DeRozan, and then this last year coached Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, but Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are a whole nother dynamic, and the fact that this team has championship aspirations going into this coming year is really important. It just is. I mean, the Pels just don't have that quite yet, and it's not like Yudoka is necessarily the biggest development guy. I mentioned he has that in his arsenal. That's not his necessary go-to. He is like he, He's great at it, but he's just a good coach. 
It's not like he has an emphasis on one thing. He brought a lot to the table in Philadelphia and San Antonio, like the fact that he was a coach under Greg Popovich in San Antonio, like the fact that he was an NBA player, like the fact that he also played overseas. So he's just got a lot of things that will be beneficial to any team that was going to get him, and it, it turned out that the Nets were interested. And, I mean, we we all love our Pelicans. We we see the trajectory that this team is on, but the Nets, I mean, it's, it's tangible and it's there already. They got two of the best players in the league, at least probably top 20, wherever you want to put Kyrie, depending on his health. And then KD, obviously, coming off that Achilles tear, but they're still an incredible team. And, and it makes sense, too. I mean, we know when Steve Kerr got his first head coaching gig with the Golden State Warriors, what did they do? They surrounded him with other experienced coaches and, I mean, former head coaches like Alvin Gentry, like Mike Brown, like Ron Adams, because like Steve Kerr, Steve Nash has never been a head coach before. He knows the game. He was a star. He's two-time MVP, one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game of basketball, but he's never been a head coach. And you got to have your hands in everything as an NBA head coach. That's just the way it is. You just do. And Steve Nash hasn't done that. Mike D'Antoni has. Emi Odoka has been on multiple staffs with plenty of different players, plenty of different personalities. And then, of course, there's Amari Stoudemire, who has been on a bunch of different teams, was one of the greatest big men in his time in the league with Steve Nash. And of course, Mike D'Antoni, who has just, I mean, he's coached so many different teams. He's, he was part of that seven seconds offense in Phoenix. I mean, D'Antoni was clearly one of Steve Nash's mentors in the league, and he can provide a lot of guidance to Nash, despite the fact that he has already this great relationship with Kevin Durant and you know Kyrie's obviously gonna understand and, and and trust what Steve Nash brings to the table as the fact that he is one of the greatest point guards of all time. And then there's Jock Vaughn, who is with the rough and go get it guys in the bubble who were missing Kyrie, KD, Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, and I'm thinking another player right now, but I can't I can't recall who it is off the top of my head. So They've got basically all the pieces that will, I mean, it's just a loaded, it's just a loaded coaching staff. That's just what it is. And I think Udoka is going to make his biggest impact with the lesser known guys. I think he's going to step in and really make them feel valued, much like associate head coach Jacques Vaughn, who they are retaining going into this coming season. And I mean, it, it's, it's a diverse staff in terms of ideas. I like that a lot. I mean, you got a lot of former players, you got non-players. You got guys who were head coaches before. I mean, I think Steve Nash is going to really do well. The only issue that you're going to run into, and star-studded staffs like this worry me when they're not in, you know, an Olympic sort of situation because egos. That, that's that's it. And if things don't mesh, I mean, I think about the Eagles in, I think it was the early 2010s when they grabbed Nnamdi Asamoah and they had already, like, they were just loaded. They were loaded, and then they went like seven and nine or eight and eight. I mean, so much talent can can do you do you some good, but it can also be really bad. Do I see that happening with this staff? No. I mean, Steve Nash, humble dude. He, he's just an incredible communicator. 
Mike D'Antoni's old enough to know when he needs to step back. Jock Vaughn, when he was a head coach, he wasn't a good one in Orlando. And Omari Stoudemire's been out of the league for a while. Yadoka's a, a smart guy. I think it's going to be fine. Look, I mean, the concern is is very minimal. And, and I think if you were to step into this situation or start talking about this situation and you weren't concerned just a little bit, you'd be ignorant or, or not well-informed about sports. Anyway, Pels missed out on Yudoka. That sucks, but there's still other plenty, plenty talented coaches and plenty smart coaches that remain available. And one of them that the Pels just got, we have another assistant on the staff that's been confirmed, and that's Bob Beyer, who is from, well, most recently from the Sacramento Kings under Luke Walton. Obviously, we know the Kings just grabbed Alvin Gentry and added him to their staff. Do I think that impacted Bob Byer leaving? No, but it just was a situation where he probably felt more comfortable under SVG, and given the fact that he's been on two SVG staffs before, it really makes sense. And this is a team that has a lot of potential, and the Kings do too, but it's just different with the Pels. And obviously the Kings beat the Pels in the bubble, but the Pels just sucked in the bubble, so we're kind of, we can disregard that. Anyway, Bob Byer, who has 36 years of coaching experience between college and the NBA. He spent time at Texas Tech under Bob Knight from 2001 to 2003. That was right before his career in the NBA started as a coach. He also coached at the University of Albany, Siena, Wisconsin, Repin Madison, Northwestern University, and the University of Dayton while in college. And then when he transitioned to the NBA... He was a coach with the Toronto Raptors from 2003 to 2004. Ultimately came back to coach in the NBA in 2007 till 2012 with the Orlando Magic. Like I said, under Stan Van Gundy. Went to Golden State from 2012 to 2013. Charlotte from 2013 to 2014. Detroit 2014 to 2018 with Stan Van Gundy. And then Oklahoma City in 2018-2019 and Sacramento this past season. So like I said, been with Stan Van Gundy in two stints in the NBA, long stints compared to the other ones, obviously. Just one season with every non-Stan Van Gundy staff. So he's been around, he's been under a lot of coaches, and he's seen a lot of things throughout his tenure in the NBA. Is it a sexy hire? David Fisher, another bird rights guy, would say no, and I would probably agree. He's just a guy who's been around a long time and will bring experience, and a lot of knowledge to the staff in New Orleans. Now, he said, this is his own words. I've seen this on a few blogs as well. I went and looked, as tried to find as much information about Bob Byer as I could, and there really wasn't because he's not a big name, but he said in his own words about his time in Sacramento, at the very least, that he was a defensive coach that was more or less his focus, but... I found an article from the Oklahoman when he did join the Thunder in 2018-2019, and they actually interviewed Stan, or, or at the very least found a part where Stan and Jeff were both talking about Bob Byer, and they both had really positive things, Stan and Jeff Van Gundy, positive things to say about Bob Byer. And one thing that was said from Billy Donovan in his time with the Thunder, in his time with being on the same coaching staff as Bob Byer is that Stan 
Van Gundy, didn't describe Bayer as a coach who specializes in offense or defense, but one who is great at two attributes essential to assistance. Coming up with ideas on how to tweak a system and teaching those ideas exactly how the head coach wants them taught. Bayer ran about 75% of the Pistons' film sessions last season. So while Bayer describes himself as a defensive head coach, or he did during his tenure in Sacramento and whoever did in this other blog as well, Stan Van Gundy, who has been with him for almost 10 years collectively on between two coaching staffs, said he's really not a specialist in one or the other. Basically, just a really good teacher and a really smart guy. He knows basketball. Can be offense, can be defense. He doesn't specialize in either one. He may very well be the defensive guy in New Orleans as well this time around, but according to Stan, according to Billy Donovan, he is a guy who can do both. And now in this article, as it continued... Van Gundy said, I thought he was so clear and concise in his teaching and benefited our team for him to do it. Van Gundy continued, he said, as he's not a gimmick guy. There are no magic answers. Billy's got his system. Again, we were talking about the thunder in this article. He'll give Billy ideas, but he'll just help teach what he wants taught, and he'll be out on the floor helping correct players. Teaching is a huge part of it, and Bob's a great teacher. He's not going to kiss somebody's butt and tell them they're doing a great job when they're not doing a great job. I think that honesty over time, players have a great respect for, and they can trust what he's saying. I mean, he just kind of sounds like a, a smaller version of Stan Van Gundy to me. Whereas Van Gundy is known for accountability. He's known for knowing the game. He's known for being flexible, and he is a head coach, so he's more known than Bob Beyer is. But Van Gundy and trusts him and trusts him for good reason, it appears. This is a no frills, no beat around the bush kind of guy. I mean, it's he fits Stan Van Gundy's personality perfectly, to say the least. I, I mean, knowing what we know about Stan Van Gundy so far, I said that he and David Griffin were going to have a bromance based on what we know so far. <laughs> and the the uh, press conference that we broke down just last week, that they're going to have a bromance. That's, that's pretty much well established. But looks like Bob Beyer and SVG already have a bromance. And they already trust each other and their homies. And, you know, Beyer was already in a job in sunny California. Granted, the, you know, tax and stuff like that in California and Sacramento is not the greatest... City in the world, um, you don't just pick up and leave the staff that you're on unless you see a better situation available. You just don't. I mean, this is a guy who clearly trusts Stan Van Gundy, clearly believes in his principles. Trust and believe in principles, done deal. And if you can teach and we got young players on the team that you do. I mean, he sounds like a developmental guy. Is he on the cutting edge of basketball? Doesn't sound like it. But he's a guy who you look at on your bench and say, he's in our corner. He's going to make us better. He's going to hold Lonzo Ball to a standard. He's going to hold Brandon Ingram to a standard. He's going to hold Zion Williamson to a standard. It's not just going to be SVG. You can't have SVG and a bunch of fun guys. Otherwise, there's no continuity on the staff. 
assistant coaches are the guys that are known for building relationships and having specific relationships with specific players based on position and based on what he the 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 specific player brings to the table for the team, the roles they play. But there needs to be continuity too. You can't just have one guy who you label the jackass on the team and let alone have it be the head coach. You just can't do that. And it's not like Bob Byer's going to be a jackass, and it's not like Stan Van Gundy's going to be a jackass. But the thing is, you just have to have some level of regular expectancy. You can't put one guy as the accountability guy and have everybody else be the fun guys. And Bob Byer, I mean, I've I've listened to a few podcasts with him, and I'll, I'll reference you to that by the time we're done with this show. He's a friendly guy. He's a guy who... You know, I mentioned Charles Lee as someone who is incredibly articulate, well-spoken, just genuine and kind. And Bayer is not that. But he's a guy who I look at and I say, he has experience and he has a lot of it. And he's been around this league for a long time. And I know that he has my best interest at heart, even though we might not see eye to eye all the time. He's a guy who's been in the league, and he's a guy who's been there before, and I can trust what he has to say. He's not going to BS it. He's going to say, this is the way it is, this is what you need to get better at, and this is how you get better at it. And Stan Van Gundy's going to bring that to the table. He is. But Bob Byer, this is a second, firm, consistent voice on your staff that helps the Pels develop, helps them move forward, helps them understand basketball, and adds experience to the staff, to the bench, that the Pels can look to and say, he's going to teach me how to get better at this thing, and I'm positive of that. And you can never have too much of that on your staff or in the NBA in general. And I mean, I mean, I continue in this article, and shocker, Bayer was, quote, lauded for his work with wing players, particularly the development of J.J. Redick. So there you go. Now, now Redick, we know he was super involved with getting SVG in. On his podcast, Redick said that he talked to him in August about saying that Stan Van Gundy would be a great fit for this team. Uh, I mean, there's wing players that have yet to develop on this team, and chances are, One way or another, the Pels are going to grab a wing player in this year's NBA draft. I think they should do it with the 13th pick. We will see. I also like Kyra Lewis. You all know that. We will get into that more in the next two weeks as we progress more towards the NBA draft. But known for making wing players better? Sign me the frick up. The league is made of talented wing players that lead teams. That's just what it is. Brandon Ingram's a wing player. Drew Holiday's a wing player. JJ's a wing player. Maybe you bring back Etwan Moore. He's kind of in his later days, but Pels add Patrick Williams, Devin Vassell, Sadiq Bay, who I don't necessarily want on the team. Bob Byer can make them better. Josh Hart's another wing player. I don't know how the frick I forgot Josh Hart. If he makes these guys better shooters, like he did with JJ Redick, more consistent. Done. I'm done. Done deal. Good. Let's go. Let's go. 
NBA is made up of talented wing players. He can, he can make the Pels wing players better. Let's do it. And lastly, before we move on to our next topic here, he's a guy who's good with the media. I mean, if you want to hear him speak, if you want to hear a little bit more from him, you can obviously go to YouTube, top Bob Byer NBA, because he's been on so many different staffs, and he'll do quick little interviews that are on YouTube. But there's also a long-form interview on the podcast, Graybeard's podcast, which I had never heard of before. I don't know if it's a sports podcast or what it is, but apparently it's famous enough for them to get Bob Byer on it. Anyway, he joined them and he talked the bubble and social justice and stuff like that. I mean, that's cool. That's cool. He's 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 a well-spoken. He's just a he was fun. He was fun on that podcast too. It's not like he's just a hard-nosed guy. And I mean, we saw this from Stan Van Gundy and his presser too. They're both I mean, he's a fun guy too. He's fun, but he knows when to be serious, he knows when to teach, he knows when to do it. And it's the same thing about Bob Byer. And so Bob knows SVG. And and to a degree, he kind of talked about it in this podcast very very briefly, but he kind of knows the Pelicans too. Played against the Pels in the race for the playoff spot this year in the bubble. Saw their weaknesses in the bubble. Exploited their weaknesses in the bubble. So if he can not only exploit them, but improve them, make them better, there you go. There you go. Is it the higher that a lot of Pelicans fans desired? Probably not but it may very well be the one that the Pels needed. I mean, this is a guy who's coached for 36 years between college and the NBA. I mean, guys just don't stay in jobs for that long if they're not good at it. He's been under Billy Donovan. He's been under Luke Walton. He's been under Bo Ryan here at Wisconsin. Been under Mark Jackson, who you know we're not the biggest fans of, but it's a different perspective. He's just seen a lot of different ways to coach and a lot of different ways to do things with different rosters. So it's a good grab. Is it sexy? Is it hot? No, but it's a good grab. Hopefully the Pels can grab a sexy hire here soon. And we'll talk about that when it does happen. One more thing before we let you go on today's podcast. Last week... I didn't tweet about it, but just about everybody else did. So, you know, we got to talk about it. And I'll put the descri- or the link in the description. The, the, the Pels are going to have New Jerseys in 2020, 2021. A lot of Pels fans are not too happy about it. We, we heard a decent amount about this from former guest and, and host of the Protect the Nest podcast. Also, Pelicans expert from Forbes Sports. That's Christopher Dodson. He's done a really good job on uncovering this. He's had a source on this for a while. But, anywho, now that we've seen them, they are something. I, You know, they're just... They kind of look like an AU team who doesn't have a big budget. <laughs> that might be from New Orleans, you know? And hopefully the NBA, hopefully Nike does a better job of putting those jerseys together, but... They weren't great. You know, we've seen people complain about the Mardi Gras jerseys. At least I have. 
They didn't like the Mardi Gras jerseys. The old Mardi Gras jerseys were freaking ugly as hell. These new ones were actually dope. I know a lot of people that aren't necessarily in New Orleans, but just throughout the league, members, fans of the league that really like the Mardi Gras jerseys, I thought they were dope. I'm not from New Orleans, but people people in New Orleans said it doesn't represent the city because it's just one thing that happens throughout the year. And fair enough. I mean, as an outsider, I, again, I thought the jerseys were dope. I thought they were rad. I loved when the Pels wore them. I think they look really good. I think they're one of my favorite jerseys throughout the league. But that's just me. If you don't like them, difference of opinion. I'm f- totally okay with that. I have no misgivings if we disagree on this particular topic. But people apparently wanted something a little more representative, which is fine. It was tried. And it just did not look very good. I mean, hopefully the Pels postpone this and see if they can improve the look. I'm a fan of just those striped jerseys. Like, I mean, the Mardi Gras jerseys, and then there were the City Edition jerseys that had the, the dark blue and, and the gold and the red stripe. And obviously we all love the red jerseys that the Pels wear. I don't know. For the amount of negative reaction, I'd like to think that they might do something a little bit differently. And I don't know if the Pell's organizations are the one or the organization is the one who put this together, put the jersey together. I don't know how the, the jersey construction works. I don't know if it's Nike or, or what, but if Nike did it, it's friggin' ugly. Ugly. I hope they didn't, because Nike usually does a fairly good job of this type of stuff. I mean, if anything, they could just go retro and wear the Hornets, the New Orleans ones. Obviously, they can't say Hornets because they're not the Hornets anymore and the Charlotte Hornets are the Hornets now. If they could just go back to those on occasion, I'm A-OK with that. I mean, everybody loved that 2007-2018. Chris Paul, Peja Stoyakovich, Tyson Chandler, David West. That team was fun as hell. Why not relive the best part of your franchise's history? Just do that. Or just go back to the, the, the striped ones with the city colors. Red, gold, and blue. Just do that. Just do it. It's easy. Anyway, short pod today here from the Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Before you go, make sure you subscribe and or follow depending on where you're listening to this podcast. You leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Do it! Should you be listening there. And you go follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter before you go. Check out Believe.com and TheBirdWrites.com. Hopefully, I'll be having a article on the draft coming up here soon. So stay tuned for that. Pulse fans, once again, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.